Between You and Me, the podcast for fabulous but possibly frazzled women who want to take charge of their lives. Co-hosted by Galway journalist and NLP coach Maria McHale and Dublin journalist and the midlife coach Alana Kirk. Because let's face it, between you and me, we'd all love to be able to press pause once in a while. Hi and welcome to another Between You and Me podcast. You think you're right all the time? Well, think again and again. This episode is about fake news. No, not the media kind, but the kind that we tell ourselves over and over again. The own thoughts in our own head. You know what? Sometimes they're not real. <laughs> and it's so funny because we've talked a lot about this um, in terms of the last few podcasts, just in how we have control over what we do. And I think I definitely did not realize that for a very long time. <laughs> in my life. And I, I, I mean, I, I talked a lot about how when I got to kind of 40 and I had this mini meltdown of, and developed anxiety. But I think until that point, I didn't realize that I could control my thoughts, that they did not control me. And exactly. that, uh, our thoughts aren't sometimes true. Yeah. They're, well, a lot of the time they're not true. And I had told myself all these stories. And I think that's something we do. We have stories we tell ourselves, we have labels we put on ourselves. They're all around thoughts we have. And sometimes they don't serve. They're fake. They're fake and they definitely don't work for us. So this week is all about how you can control your thoughts. Or under lockdown, how do we manage the hysteria in our heads? <laughs> but I think that's right. I mean, it, it's funny. I'm 50 and it's only in the last few years that I really understood that I had some level of control over what went on in my own head. I thought, you know, I think we, we, we grew up thinking that we, have, uh, that, that we have control of everything in our lives except our thoughts, where it's the other way around. We actually have zero control of anything in our lives except our thoughts. And that our thoughts are the only thing that we control. Um, how we perceive something, how we react to something, how we respond to something. Yet we, um, we think that our thoughts drive us and our, our thoughts do drive us and you know, what we think we become. Yet we don't really understand that we have a hugely powerful opportunity to actually drive our thoughts so that we end up living the life that we want to live and not be driven by these mad meanderings that go on in our heads, which are completely normal, but fake news. Yeah. And I think also, you know, there's all the different types of influences that affect our thoughts in our daily lives, you know, our financial situation, which is something that's probably on the forefront of people's minds right now. Relationships, because we're in confined spaces with people, which puts a lot of mind pressure on you know, all our family members. Um, you know, job stress, again, something that's been at the forefront for a lot of people. You know, what's going on in the world early life experiences, they all affect how we actually think. And they, you know, and I think often as a result, they make, we can neglect to do things that we feel better because we get into these spirals of negative thoughts. And I know that I used to be such a kind of, um, I call it ruminating, you know, I'd be there going on and on thinking and getting into this spiral of if this happens and then what if this happens and then what if this happens and what if this happens? I was just like, just exhausted just thinking about it now. But I, you know, that was the way I lived my life for a long time. I would try and prepare for every eventuality so that I was in control if, if it did happen. And of course, 
most of the time it never happened. So I'd wasted huge amounts of energy trying to, uh, you know, keep myself together and keep my thoughts on track and cover every eventuality. And I think that's a really common thing that a lot of people do in life. And uh, the day that the light bulb went on where I kind of went, someone said, you know, obviously doing some work and someone said, you are not your thoughts. And I remember going, what? <laughs> How does <Sorry>? this work? <laughs> so I am my thoughts. And that's the whole thing. I mean, we've both been through processes of, I suppose, uh, learning about this and learning how to, to manage um, our behaviors and our thoughts, but also sort of, I've done a lot of reading around Buddhism and I know you have done a lot mm. of that kind of work too. Yeah. And this, this complete and utter sort of revelation that, you know, we are actually, you know, if you're, look, if you're looking at your thoughts, who's looking at the thoughts? There's actually, you know, we are not this, this bundle of thoughts in our head. We're actually something slightly separate and above us. And I don't want to get too woo-woo, but what we focus so much on those sort of immediate thoughts that are going through our heads. But we've all been in that space where you can kind of separate yourself out and look at yourself and laugh at yourself often. Or, yes. And, and you know, so we have two conscious levels, and but often we get so trapped in sort of that everyday ruminating you one. And, you know, we have, there's two types of thought that are very much directed intentional thoughts that we use very well to get us to do things. I'm going to get up and do yoga and have breakfast, those kind of intentional thoughts. Mm. But then we have loads of unconscious thoughts. And, you know, they're a bit like a sort of, I suppose, classroom of unruly children. You know, some are expected, some are good, some are a bit weird, and some are mundane, and some are downright unwanted. Yeah. And then we kind of fear them, and we think there's something wrong with us if we feel, if we have unwanted thoughts. But they're just thoughts, and we can let them go. And I think the thing is that, you know, why do thoughts matter? Well, of course, they contribute to our emotions and the way our bodies and our minds work and our subconscious and uh, conscious minds. You know, that's a, a whole other podcast for another day. But essentially, you know, we, the, what we think, we feel. So if you're in a, you know, a negative spiral of thoughts, you will have like this, you'll be bringing this kind of negativity and these feelings and hormones start going on in your body. So, you know, we have, there's like so many different ways of, uh, you know, having a negative emotions and things like, you know, demanding on yourself, you know, I have to do that in your head. You're going, Oh, I should have done that. Or they should do that or whatever. And it's like, so suddenly you're getting, you can feel like, even when I'm just saying it, I can almost feel the anger and resentment building there, you know, because when you have those thoughts, that's what happens. The other thing then is catastrophizing, you know, when, hello, my old friend, <laughs> you know, thinking things are going to turn out the worst possible way. So then you're kind of in a really fearful state. You're like, oh my God, what if this happens? And you, you're essentially just living in fear all the time. Then we have, you know, things like, which is always yeah, yeah. And then uh, downing, you know, being really like, oh, I'm such a, I'm really bad at that. I always struggle with this. I'm terrible at X, Y, Z. And, you know, and it just, all of these things have a huge effect on our emotions. And you can imagine if they're negative thoughts, how much you, time you spend in this kind of flurry of anxiety and kind of negativity and how it might affect your day or your life. Um, right. It's huge. Yeah. And I don't think we really spend enough time thinking about the fact that what we think has a direct impact on our lives. We just think our thoughts are our thoughts, our life is our life, and they're actually yeah. connected. But what has been proven over and over and over again by endless and thousands and millennial years of research is that what you think 
leads to the outcome of your life and your behavior. Absolutely. So, I mean, Buddha himself said it, you know, what you think you become, what you feel you attract, what you imagine you create. You have the choice to create the thoughts that will create the life that you want. So just like you were saying, if we catastrophize and worry and, and generalize about everything and, and have a very sort of negative overview on things, that is actually more, far more likely to have a negative outcome on our yeah. life. That's not to say that we gloss over everything either, but it is about that idea of perspective. Whereas, you know, and we both work as coaches and so we both work with with people and and, and a huge part of the work is identifying what we call self-limiting beliefs. And Mm -hmm. that idea of, um, you know, I can't do something. And, you know, we're going to go into this a little bit later in the podcast, but that idea of I can't do something is a thought. Yes. And we have to unpick that thought and say, well, where's the source of that? Where's the proof of that? And then what would change if you were to change that thought from I can't do that to I'm going to give that a try? Everything Mm. changes in that space because suddenly you're in the power place as opposed to a negative space of I can't. But that's all to do with our thoughts. Yeah. And I think the thing about being negative is, you know, you basically kind of get set in this way of rigid thinking so that you're you're literally expecting things to be a certain way because of the way you think about it and you know that you can actually challenge the assumptions and rules that you've set out because you know if you're saying oh I'm terrible at xyz well are you really you know have you tried it so like when Alana just said they're like what are you know what's the proof that it's worked? And I think one of the ways, if you were having lots of fearful, negative thoughts that aren't serving you, as we say, you know, you can ask yourself three questions. And and I often do this even now, if I'm, you've suddenly got myself into this way of thinking, I go, does this act, and I suppose a great example would be with around um, lockdown, you know, it's it's kind of caused a lot of people to get very fearful. And there's been a huge amount of, you know, uh, increase in all these conspiracy theory because people need to find a reason for and and a you know for their fear and somewhere they can put their energy and stuff and I've you know had to kind of I found myself getting worked up about this and then I thought no hold on a second just come back to the three things you know is does it make sense is it helpful and is it true and you know if you if you're asking yourself those questions you know if I you're having a you know I always make a mess of relationships you know is that a helpful thing to think obviously not. Does it make sense? Not really. I mean, I'm sure you have, you know, that at some point in your life, when people look back, there's always some positive thing where you've had a good friendship, where you've had a good relationship or whatever. It may not have worked out, but it was working, you know, and, and is it true? You know, are you really terrible? And mostly when we ask those questions, we're actually not. And you can challenge your assumptions and challenge your thoughts. And sometimes we never do that. We just assume that that's the truth. And I think the thing that I've certainly learned, I mean, we, we were just talking before we started recording this podcast, because I was definitely having one of those sort of lockdown dramas yesterday where, you know, the pressures are real. People are, 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 are living really intense lives at the moment. And even without lockdown, life can be very intense. And it's very easy to just let all the thoughts come down to me. So yesterday I was having a complete drama about the fact that I was failing as a homeschooling parent because I was trying to get my work done and my child wouldn't sit at the table and it was all my fault and I'm a disaster and I'm not even feeding them properly and they're not getting proper exercise and I'm just this. And when you get down that spiral, not only are you really whipping yourself and you really are and you wouldn't take that kind of abuse from anybody else. Yes. And you're also 
not allowing yourself any space to fix it or correct it. And I mean, I know we talk a lot about sort of meditation and it's become the buzzword of the moment. And, and in whatever way you find that, I personally don't sit and meditate. I walk and that's mm. my meditation. But yeah. whatever way you do it, it's about bringing your thoughts back to the moment and go, hang on, stop, stop, stop the tirade because these thoughts aren't all me. These aren't reality. Which ones of these are true? Do you know what? It's feeling really hard right now because it is really hard right now. Not because I'm a failure, not because, or maybe I do need to put better um, procedures in place to sort of not get too overwhelmed with work and school. But what happens is that we, these old thoughts bombard our head and then we just assume that they're real. Yes. And I think the biggest thing we've got to do for ourselves is whenever we start feeling and I have a very physical, you mentioned it earlier, I get very physical reactions to yes. those kind of thoughts. I start to feel it in my chest. I start to feel it in my stomach. I start getting yeah. a headache. I start getting really grumpy. That's the moment you have to stop and go create a bit of space and challenge yourself. You said it. Now, you know, that sounds quite hard because I'm in a house right now with two teenagers and, and a, a non-teenager. And, you know, I'm being challenged left, right, and center. <laughs> so the last thing I want is more challenging. But um, they're challenging everything I say. But it is the challenging yourself to go, hang on a second, is this right? Exactly what you said there. Is this right? And, you know, is is this doing you any good in this moment? And... It's hard, so let's see how you can help yourself. And I always love the idea of when it comes to your thoughts, don't let any thought make any impact on your life that you wouldn't take from a friend. Mm. You know, I wouldn't say anything of the kind of way that I talked to my that I, to I talk to myself that I would say to my friends. You know, I'm a terrible mother because they're not doing four hours of schooling this morning whilst I'm also on three Zoom calls. Mm, I would yes. say to my friend. I'd say to my friends, this is really, really tough. So what can we do to manage this? Yeah. Say the same things to yourself. And I think this is a really good point because we get caught up in all this, our stories. And, you know, we tell ourselves stories all the time. So like there, for instance, you know, where you were like, I've got to, you know, we've all done it. You know, I've got to do X. I've got to do Y. I've got to get the kids homeschooled. I've got to cook a lunch. I've got, uh, and then, you know, we get caught up in these stories. And then most of us think we are our stories. And, you know, they take on a life of their own. And, you know, actually, when you take a step back, you're going, will it kill, will the children, you know, fail in their careers if they don't do homeschooling this morning? Uh, no, <laughs> you know, will it matter if we just have like toast and egg for, for lunch instead of some massive gourmet home cooked meal? No, it won't matter. And I think, you know, we put such pressure on ourselves with these stories and their stories take on a life of their own. And then, you know, we, it's basically affecting our everyday life. And, you know, I suppose for me, when I had that moment of realization that I wasn't my thoughts and that I could actually control them. You know, it was about like where you look at yourself and you think about the story you're living in right now. And that's why it seems, you know, that you, you read all these self-help books and it's like, oh, you can change your life. You can, but actually, when you think about it, you can actually change your perception of reality. You can change the story that you tell yourself. Absolutely. And that's where thoughts have such a big role to play because if you don't like the story you're living in and the stories you're telling yourself, you can actually tell yourself a different story. <laughs> and you that's the bit you don't you're, you're understand. Not, you're not changing the facts. I remember um, a few years ago, um, after sort of my life crumbled to the grind a little bit, and you know, my marriage ended and my mum died, and there'd been lots and lots of dramas. 
Um, and it was a couple of years later and uh, I met somebody who I hadn't seen in a while and she said, oh, you know, I often think of you and I feel so sorry for you. It's, you know, been such a terrible time. And I went, oh, okay. And she said, um, she, she said, you know, I just, I feel so sorry for you all the time for all the, you know, for the life that you have right now. <laughs> I remember feeling really quite insulted because although I knew exactly what she meant, yes. that's not how I saw myself. Yes. yes, I'd been through these things. And yes, of course, I, I had I'd gone through a tough time, but I was picking myself up and I was, you know, doing great things with the kids and I was trying to move forward. That's how I saw myself. Yes. And so not, nobody was wrong. Yeah, but it was her perception. Yeah, her perception of your reality was very different from your perception. You know yourself, someone calls you bossy or somebody calls you, or you think to yourself, oh, I'm not good at maths. Yeah. And actually, when you sit down and, and realize, well, maybe I'm just not good at maths because I don't do enough maths or yeah. all of those things. You know, I couldn't swim until two years ago. And well, I could yeah. swim. I swam perfectly well, but I swam <laughs> like a mother with my head above the water. So I did, took a swimming lesson and suddenly my whole life has changed because I can yes. now swim in the sea. But I had told myself for years, oh, I can't swim with my head in the sea. There was no reality or truth to that. No. And I think we do that a thousand times a day with all sorts of different things. And, you know, it's, it's, I suppose my kind of transformation and the way I think about things is just understanding that our minds are the most powerful tool we have and they, you know, they can create huge good in your, it can create huge good in your life. And if not used correctly, it can also be the most destructive force in your life. And, you know, I certainly, when I got into these kind of a period of incredibly negative thoughts, I felt powerless. Unlike you in your story, you know, I felt like I had no control over everything. It was all the worst thing that had happened to me. And it, it took me a few, you know, a good bit of time to kind of go actually and learn that actually my thoughts affected me and my interpretation of reality. And, you know, the mad thing is we get something like 70,000 thoughts a day. Like, so you can imagine how much our brain is processing. Oh, and, and if you imagine if they are crazy. unproductive or mean thoughts, like you're saying there, the way we talk to our friends, um, if you imagine if, if a lot of those thoughts are in a negative kind of uh, state, what that feels like for us in our lives. And, um, you know, I suppose that's the thing of like, it is your mind and you can control your thoughts. And that is the biggest thing that has affected me in my life. And certainly now I very rarely get panicked about anything, like not as in the normal stuff, you know, I might like if a kid was ill or something, I might be going, oh God, you know, worrying about them. But generally I, I've totally changed the way I use my thoughts. And mostly I can acknowledge, even if there are things, I, I think we've used this in another pod, podcast as well about, you know, like see, watching them like they're clouds going by. They are your thoughts, but they're not you. So you don't have to like hold on to them. You can just see them and let them move on by. And that's a huge change. And it's that piece of awareness that you are stepping back. You are the sky, your thoughts and feelings are the clouds that go by. And they allow you that space to challenge and to go. So, yeah, I mean, obviously in the midst of crisis and grief and drama, yeah. you're very much in that space. And it's, it's hard to imagine yourself feeling better again. but. Yeah. When you get to the place where you can actually challenge and assess your thoughts, I'm now in a space where I go, you know what? I have been through hard times before and I can come out the other side. Mm. And so I know that now if something bad happens, I know I just have to sit with it for a little while and 
that I will, you know, because I can sit and, and not listen to all the catastrophizing that's going on in my head, going, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I will never love again. I will never be fit again. I will never, whatever it might be. And go, you know what? I've, I've come through things like this before. I just have to pull myself up, do the work, reach out for help. And, and, and it's like coaching a friend. And I think it's really important that we do that. We coach ourselves as much as we would coach and, and support our friendships because, yeah. You know, our stories are so important, as you say, and there are, can be rewritten all the time. I, and we, it's funny, I've got two teenagers and I know you two too. And I'm in this really funny space where, you know, up until the age of sort of 12, you as the parent very much dictate the sort of family story. Mm -hmm. you, you, you create what's happening and how it runs. And I'm in this space now where I'm realizing that actually I need to make room for my teenagers to start adding to that family story, they get to write how this works as well. It's not just yeah. my story. Yeah. And, you know, you talk to any siblings of a family and they will have had the same upbringing but have completely different perspectives of that upbringing or a family okay. situation. The stories are, we tell ourselves are so bound up in our own self-esteem, our own history, that challenging those, I mean, I, I grew up with a very specific view of my family upbringing. And I was 40 when that was completely upturned on its edge. And I now I have a completely different view of how my, my childhood was and a much more positive yeah. one because I had perspective and I stood back and I understood that actually people were doing things in the context of their own life at the time. They were doing the best they could. And I think it's just opening the space to challenge your thoughts mm. will just make all the difference. You know, I think we're going to go into a minute about how we can do that, but that we don't, the first step is to understand that out of those 70,000 thoughts a day, 68,000 of them are probably batshit crazy. <laughs> um, and that's okay. Yeah. It's the ones that you want are the ones that are important. The ones that are going to move you forward, the ones that are going to make a good relationship with somebody that night, you can have the big angry thought, or you can have the, I'm going to give them a break thought, or you control mm -hmm. which is the thought that takes you forward. And I think that's the bit that a lot of people, you know, when, when someone <clears throat> finally learns this, you know, that actually you are the thinker and the observer of your thoughts and you can control what you think and you can control how you react to things. I think a lot of the time, you know, I used to say, and I noticed, you know, a lot of people who I coach would say the same thing, you know, of, oh, X or Y makes me feel this way or that person really annoys me or I get so frustrated when I have to be in so-and-so's company. And, you know, it's actually when you, say, you know, kind of take a step back and say to someone, actually, you don't. And they go, oh, no, but I do. And you go, no, but you don't. Like you can choose to have a different thought about that particular experience. And I remember when I first started trying to do this, again, like you, having had very firm views about what had happened or the story I had told myself went a certain way. And when I finally thought, well, maybe the story could be this way instead and what that did for my life. And I think, you know, you need to really pay attention at the beginning so that you can see what's running the show and what thoughts are coming through and what stories you're telling yourself. And once you even just start thinking about it, that sometimes that's all you need, the awareness of just going, it's I'm always true. doing this. I always, I do think this way, or yeah. I do allow myself to go down that road of critical thinking or whatever it is. And it really does change the way you think about yourself. 
And I think it's really, really important for us to say, because I don't want anyone to read, to, to listen to this and then say, right, I'm going to go home and control my thoughts. For the rest oh, of lovely. Pocket. It is so hard. Okay. It's really hard. The first step is just to even understand that you can do it. Yes. And there are plenty of times when you can do it, do it, do it. And then bang, you'll get triggered and you're tired, your reserves are down and you just go down the road. So we're not saying for a second that this is a magic no. potion. No. And the minute you realize and, you control yourself. Yeah. It, it does take time. It does. Yeah, take time. it does. It's practice. But that yeah. piece is super important. The piece about they make me mad or they make me a bad person or you make me crazy. Yeah. No one has that power, but we yeah. believe they do. And it's not about that you suddenly don't find their behavior irritating. No. It's that you choose not to let yourself respond in the way. So just to give you an example, I suppose I had a relationship where his behavior would make me really angry. And of course, so I responded like the sort of angry woman. Um, now, his behavior hasn't changed at all. But what I've tried to do now is go not respond in the angry way. I just ignore it. Can I do that? That's better for me. Mm. So it's about choosing. The person can only make you mad if you allow them to make you mad. You have the choice. It's not easy but it's so yeah. much better for you when you do it. And I think this happens in all areas of our life. You know, it can be that work colleague who drive us, drives us nuts or, you know, um, that old friend who tries to always put us in a, that box or, you know, and, and we, we basically have these beliefs, which is another whole podcast, but we basically have these beliefs about ourselves and about our lives and about the way we are. And then, you know, when we go out into the world, you know, people who challenge that in us, we then start getting triggered by them. Yeah. And so it's actually understanding, you know, the trigger and why we feel that way. And, you know, as Alana said there, this honestly took me a good few years. And, you know, <clears throat> I often talk about how, you know, I'm a huge fan of counseling and therapy because sometimes you just need some <clears throat> independent observer to say, why do you think that way? Or maybe, you know, X, Y, and Z could have happened instead. And you suddenly start going, oh yeah, that is true. <laughs> and it really is great to work with someone who can actually just go, it doesn't have to be this way. And I think that's why, you know, it isn't something that, yeah, you think, right, today I am going to control my thoughts and that's the end of all this negative behavior I'm doing. I do think there's a lovely momentum though. Once you start breaking those thoughts, like so swimming was my, now I, I, every time I hear myself say I can't or I should, I stop. And I think it's that, it's identifying and, you know, we would do this, I suppose, a lot with our clients is getting them to hear yourself first. As soon as you hear yourself saying things like, and typical sort of thoughts that aren't great for you or, or very limiting are things like, I should, I'm not, I can't. Anything that either hurts you or stops you from doing something or something that you'd be ashamed if someone said it to you, yes. that's usually a sort of negative damaging thought. Stop immediately and go, what's the source of that? Where did that thought come from? You might find it was, a, you know, a really irritated mother 40 years ago who was just trying to get through the day. She didn't mean it, didn't apply to you, but um, she, you've, you've carried that sort of thought, oh, I'm selfish because I maybe didn't clean my room when I was 14. Mm. I'm not selfish, but I maybe carried that thought with me for a long time. So what's yes. the source? Now what's the proof? How often are you this person or how often or what can't you do or when have you never done it before? And then think of the more accurate thought. And it may not be a massive leap from I can't to I can or I should to I shouldn't, but it might be a much more natural, neutral thought like, 
well, maybe I'll give it a try or I'm going to try and improve myself in that area. Like you talked earlier about triggers, like my bloody children trigger me left, right and center. And, you know, and they're only being teenagers. They're not, they're they're great kids, but they trigger me over and over again. And I had to really, really assess what is the thing that drives me nuts. And I take things very personally. So whenever they are in a bad mood or they, they see something that's wrong in the house, I take it very personally as a complete judgment of me. And I've had to really teach myself and learn to go, that's got nothing to do with me. Or even if it is, you know what? I haven't done the laundry today because I've got 15 other thousand things to do. This is a perfect opportunity to show her how to use the, the washing machine. Yeah. So, but I've had to, the only way that you will, are able to change those habits is to identify when you're being triggered. Yes. And I think, you know, for me, I would have said, you know, as I said, particularly around being fearful and anxious about things and um, that whole thing of like, I had to learn a process so that instead, if I said, you know, oh my God, you know, everything's going wrong. How are we, we're, everything's terrible and and literally interrupt that thought with, um, and particularly in the early days, and actually this might be useful for um, a lot of people in these times, but it was basically the technique that uh, I used at the time was, you know, if I was getting into that big spiral of, oh my God, it's all gone horribly wrong, or that person is really annoying or whatever it was, it was like, what can I contr- do right now? Can I do something to change this particular moment? Yes or no? If yes, do it. If no, uh well, then there's nothing I can do. Just let it go. And at first, you know, again, you, you're, it's like soothing a baby, you know, when you, a baby is uh, being, re- you know, restless and you're like patting its back. That's really what you're doing to your mind. You're kind of going, can I do anything about this person right now? Yeah, exactly. And usually the thing is, we can't actually do anything about a person who's annoying us because we can't change other people. So actually the first answer to that is no. Can I do it? But what can I do? Well, you can leave the room, you can stop seeing them so much, you can just understand why they're triggering you, like you, Alana just said there. There's, there's a whole way. So it sounds like an awful lot of internal monologues going on, but the biggest thing, way to control your thoughts is just to observe them first. And then, you know, without any kind of judgment on yourself, just see why you're doing and going into those thoughts and even just that initial awareness is brilliant then as you go on you can kind of learn to interrupt them and replace them and then eliminate them (laughs) altogether you know which is what we call peace of mind (laughs) but you know these all it does take time and you know again like Alana said if the self-care isn't good with me I'm straight back into you know being the biggest teenager in the house myself and having strops and you know it does happen it doesn't it's not like you're going to be this perfect zen buddha person but generally in your day-to-day life if you can actually take some control back it will have a hugely positive effect on your life and actually i don't love the term peace of mind for that reason yes. and that um, we have this idea of peace of mind means that all our thoughts are very Everything perfect i prefer control of mind because actually there are going to be times that your thoughts need to be a bit more high energy or a bit more dramatic or yeah. or, or you are dealing with a really serious confusing issue so yeah. it's not about peace of mind where we're just so zen we're on the xanax but it's it's that that you have a you, you're understanding the thoughts in your mind and so probably the easiest way to do it initially is just every time you feel that your head is being just swarmed by thoughts that really are not making you feel good and that's the first piece of awareness 
if your body's reacting to the thoughts in your head, stop because that's not the thoughts in your head aren't good for you. And then immediately just go, I'm the sky mm. and the thoughts, the, the, the clouds. And as soon as you have that separation from yourself, I'm the sky, there's the thoughts. Now I can choose, will I part them? Will I move them? Will I look at them? Will I feel them? What am I going to do with them? And it's that little tiny bit of separation. And it sounds a bit silly, but the more you do it, the quicker you do it, the easier it becomes. Yeah. Um, but we listen, we'll all have down days and we all have days when it doesn't come together. And I think pretty much if we had to sum up the message for every single one of our podcasts, it boils down to this. Look after yourself because we have self care and you're being kind to yourself so much more fits into place. But you start with your thoughts. If exactly. your thoughts are kind to you, you're going to feel much, much better. And you and are what you think. So please, please think well. Exactly. And I think I would just end with, you know, all of this has uh, the the potential to make your life feel much, you know, more zen, you know, kind of zen. But actually just, again, that self-talk, all I say every day is I'm a work in progress. And that's okay. <laughs> and that's all we can do. Just try our best every day. Well, from one work in progress to another. <laughs> um, that was great. And uh, we'll see you next time. And happy thinking. See you next time. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.